breaking news to all my friends in the great state of Tennessee. DraftKings Sportsbook app is up, it's running, and it is live. This is legit. You probably know them as the leading daily fantasy brand, but they are now... America's top-rated sportsbook app. And for a limited time, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is offering all new users up to $1,000 with their first deposit. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it is not, and this is legit. Download the top-rated app right now. Use the code HELIPOD when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a deposit of up to $1,000. That's a bonus on your deposit of up to $1,000. DraftKings Sportsbook has a deposit bonus, yes, of $1,000. I'm going to say it again because it's close to unbelievable. Use the promo code HELIPOD. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Deposit bonus requires 25 times. Playthrough restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-978. Eight, nine. And as always, the Helipod with MJD is brought to you by Viore. MJD and I, as always, are wearing Viore for the taping of the Helipod here. And uh, MJD, I know how much you like it. You know how much I love it. You wear it. I, I think you might wear it every single day of your life. Uh, I definitely sleep in it for sure. All right. Viore. V-U-O-R-I. Uh, you can wear it for yoga. You can wear it for hooping. You can wear it to sleeping like MJD does. You, you can, can wear it to, it to dinner. I wore it to dinner with you the other night. Did you? We had a great dinner. We had a, we had a phenomenal dinner. We'll get into that uh, a little while later. But uh, Viore, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash helipod with the holidays coming up here, Thanksgiving and then Christmas down the road. Start planning. Get 20% off right now. They make unbelievable sweatshirts, T-shirts, shorts, swim trunks, uh, and and it's the most comfortable material you can possibly imagine. The finest athleisure wear on the planet. That's vioriclothing.com slash helipod to get 20% off now. Let's go. The Helipod with MJD. MJD, we have a a third wheel as part of the Helipod with MJD. Uh, Matt Bubar from NFL Network, a friend of ours, works with That's me right. at uh, DirecTV's Fantasy Zone channel as well. The dude knows a lot. He, he has a lot up here. No so question. I think he's going to be able to help us. His decision-making is a little suspect, <laughs> but definitely uh, has a lot of knowledge. I, and I'm still trying to figure out how you're on the fantasy channel, yet you're 0-8 in a fantasy league. Blows my mind, but that's neither here nor there. Do your thing. I have um, a lot of I have a lot of fantasy leagues that I'm a part of, and one is an auction league. It has not gone well. Uh, it will get better. I'm obviously not going to make the playoffs. Uh, Bubar, by the way, a USC Trojan, obviously true. MJD, a UCLA Bruins. No so I'm question. sure there'll be a little chatter about that. Yeah, we used to smack possibly. you guys all the time when we played you guys too. So I say all the time. Yeah, we. I don't think I, I've never lost to Tennessee. I don't think UCLA's ever lost to Tennessee. There was a, there was a home and home, dude. They played and, like twice. And they won. I don't Both. think USC's ever lost to Tennessee either. All right, yeah. right, enough of this Tennessee crap. Right, listen, we we have a, a great new sponsorship with DraftKings as they open a Tennessee sports book, and the you're just going to come crap Tennessee. all over Tennessee. I'm just being honest. All right, let's get going here. Um, Patriots are two and five. It's their worst start in 20 years. Last week, an unnamed NFL executive said to Jason Lock and Ford, CBS, that New England had the worst group of skill players in the NFL, and now we hear. Bill Belichick 
on WEEI says, look, we paid Cam Newton a million bucks. I mean, it's obvious. We don't have any money. It's nobody's fault. That's what we did the last five years. We sold out. We won three Super Bowls. We played in the fourth. We played in the AFC Championship game. This year, they, we have less they, to work with. Who'd they spend this money on? Uh, Brady, Gronk, Guskowski, guys that are uh, all not there anymore. And they're so taking where, cap so hits where, for it. Well, Brady, you're not taking a cap hit Stephon for Brady. Gilmore? You're definitely taking a cap hit for Brady. Gronk retired, so there's no cap hit there. No, there's 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 cap hits there. For what? Because it was Brady's? Yeah, there's they're still paying a cap number for Brady because he spread it out. Well, that, that, that's not like that's their fault. Like, like well, it's his fault. He was the, essentially the general manager, yeah, right? Well, this is the thing. This is what it comes down to when you talk about the Patriots. First of all, it, it, it comes out and, it, and it's now the old adage is it the coach or the player tells me that it's the player, period, point blank. I don't care You're how good of a coach you are. You're saying in terms of Belichick versus Brady. Yeah, or anybody. Um, you know, Joe Montana, when he was winning all the, the Super Bowls and Bill Walsh, everyone said it was Bill Walsh. No. Jerry Rice and Joe Montana were out there. That's why you were winning. Like, players are the reason you win. And so it tells me that Tom Brady is the GOAT because with those same players, he brought you to the playoffs multiple times. He took you to all these championships with the same guys out there. Now, no credit. It's not the same guys. The defense is different. Offensively, it's the same guys. Yeah. No, offensively it is, but I mean, defensively you had you had it's an different. NFL high eight players opt out. Right. You know, Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon, that. a right tackle. But this is the problem, though. Like, how do you not draft guys? Well, that's a great question, MJ. Listen, listen to this. They haven't drafted a Pro Bowler since Jamie Collins in 2013. They're all defensive dudes that they drafted a Pro Bowlers, not offensive and, guys. And he, listen, how about this? Aside from Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney. They haven't drafted and developed a player in the last four or five years. They they cannot draft a wide receiver that contributes to that offense for the life of them. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. And so then that's when I get that's when I start to say like, well, like Tom is for real. Well, you already knew Tom was for but, real. But that's not telling we us anything. We didn't know Tom was for real because it was always is it Tom or is it Belichick? Is it Tom or is it Belichick? It was both. No, it's Tom. Tom look, Julian Edelman. Hasn't had, uh, with this ex- uh, except for the game against the Seahawks, hasn't really done much all year. With Tom, he was lights out, right? Yeah, he's, listen, this hasn't James been a good White. S- yep. Was a viable option for the, you, he can't find him right now. It's not his fault. They just can't, they, they just, and then this other thing, we remember we talked about the coaching and like, oh my God, they're going to be so great with Cam Newton. They're going to be able to change this offense. It's going to morph into something different. We can't wait to see it. So it's on the player. I'm still waiting. Well, I know, but so you're talking about the player. So that's on Cam. Listen, no, what I'm saying is if you're if you're going to consider yourself, if you're going to be Josh McDaniels and he's going to be the heir apparent and he's the next greatest head coach out there and you have a talent like Cam Newton and you can't morph your offense, which isn't hard. He's a read option offense. You know what he was in Carolina. Watch the tape. Look, this is what we have to change to. We need to get both tight ends involved. All right? We need to get receivers that can stretch the field down, like downfield. Go trade for a guy that can go down the field. I know they just traded for Ford, but you have to find ways to do it. How about, okay, if we, we're we going to go out here with Jared Stidham? Well, we're going to so, go out here so, with Brian Hoyer? So, is that what we're doing? This is my point, and th- this is what I think. I think that Bill Belichick... Checked out. Say no, it. Say well, it. No. Say it. He didn't He's going to che- retire. He, he didn't check out. He said, listen, we have a seven to eight win team here. What's the point in winning seven or eight games? You might as well win four or five. You might as well get a higher draft pick. They didn't sign Cam Newton until the second week of July. So you're they saying, knew exactly so what they what had is, in so Jared what are they Stidham. Doing then? So I think he knew that they weren't going to be good once all those guys opted out on defense. 
And I think he was okay with it. And I think he's finally kind of admitted that. Listen, this is who we are. This is what we are. We're trying to draft and and develop young players, which they haven't been able to do. And he knew that this was going to be a five-win team. How many do they have? And they haven't played. Damian Harris isn't playing like he should have been playing last year. Sonny Michelle's banged up hurt. Rex Burkhead's like. Well, Damian Harris has been banged up too. So you uh, have five dudes that can tote the rock, though. Like we don't have a receiver who scares anybody. They J- Jacoby had her- Myers, Demir okay, Bird, me, tell Gunnar me, tell, me, tell, me, tell me the receiver they had last year that scared someone. But they had they had Tom Brady and they had a healthy Julian Edelman. They didn't really have one. You're what right. What about the year before that? Who they have a receiver that scares one? No, I, I I understand. They've what you're never saying. had a receiver but, that but scared to say, anybody. Oh, now we know Tom Brady is the goat. Isn't really telling us anything. Well, new. it just tells me that Tom. It is. It tells. No, it just should because. Again, if you're going to the playoffs and the Patriots are winning, what, 10, 12 games a year with Tom? And you're telling me now with that same team that they're winning two, they're two and five? It's pretty crazy. That's crazy. But it's not the same team. You don't lose, you don't lose three starters, three of your better starters, you your two your defensive corner, leaders. You have your top, who? Your, your defensive leader is McCourty. Your defensive player of the year is still there. Dante and Hightower's a leader. Patrick Chung's a leader. I mean, yeah, they have Listen, other leaders. No disrespect to Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung is a very – he's an older safety. He knows that system. He plays well. But he wasn't a game changer. No, I understand. Dante Hightower, yes, he was a game changer rushing the passer. But, okay, like – I mean, listen, Patrick blitz, Chung like, was that guy who who carried Belichick's message into the locker room. This Devin is, McCourty does that. Matthew Slater, who's there, does that. Fair. Like Matthew Slater's a special teamer. St- doesn't carry stem- the same weight. But Matt, you know, he carries more weight than uh, than Patrick, Patrick Chung. Chung. I promise you that much. The respect you need to talk to Willie McGinnis about the respect that Matthew Slater has in that in that locker Fair. room. Fair. Um, Devin McCourty is the guy that you were talking about. That you should talk about. Stephon Gilmore is that guy because he was the defensive player of the year, right? They still have guys there. The they let's remember this: the Patriots never really they trade away Chandler Jones. They never really had a guy that got after the quarterback. They've never really had that guy defensively. Like they would get pressure with with stunts and different with things several like guys, that. right? With several, yeah. They still have Winovich is still there who gets to the quarterback. They they have guys there that can still do it. But the difference is Tom would go on these 17, 15 play drives, let the defense rest. They don't have that anymore because one, Cam can't do it by himself, and two, they haven't. They really haven't changed that offense to Cam Newton. Hmm. I disagree. I, there, I mean, Cam, Cam's running the ball. Anytime that's there's, not, a, there's that's a game not his on game, the line, though. what's he... That's not his game. What was his game in Carolina? Who did he throw the ball to in Carolina? Tell me the one name that he threw the ball to in Carolina. Oh, Christian McCaffrey? No. Before DJ that. Moore? No, before all that. Who was the one guy that he was always reliable for? Steve him? Smith? Oh, my God. This guy. It, uh, I believe it was Kelvin Benjamin. Was no, it was Greg Olson. Oh, you're looking at tight end. Okay, Greg tight end. Olson yeah. is the guy that he... Anytime he got in trouble, he threw to Greg Olson. Right. Who was hurt a good majority of the time, years. and he yeah. still was trying to feed him. Right? right? Who who have they thrown to the tight end yet? I know my baby that's there right now. Devin Osleid hasn't had a catch. Uh, Ryan Izzo is the starting tight end. How many? How many catches? I don't know. Uh, Bubar, why don't you look that up for us? How many catches for for Ryan Izzo this year? This Ryan Izzo has nine receptions on the season for hundred and fourteen yards. So he is. And Greg Olson's a thousand yard receiver in Carolina with Cam Newton every year. That is the problem. And just for reference, our boy Mr. Izzo has only had three catches. Is his season high in the last two games uh, at Kansas City and against the Raiders? 
Four targets total, zero catches. So in you're, both games. you're you're blaming the. I'm not blaming anyone. What okay. I'm saying is that is part of the when you when you become when people start to crown you like you're this genius coach and that you can adapt to anything, and yet you see a guy like if you if I watch Cam Newton, I'm like Cam needs tight ends. So they drafted two guys in the draft. So I'm like, oh, they know what they're doing. You go get Cam tight ends, you come out in 13 personnel, you come out in these big sets, you like Cam because, again, Cam these big bodies. That's why the, the Carolina Panthers went and drafted uh, Kelvin Benjamin, guys with big uh, catch radi- uh, radius, mm-hmm. right? But you don't do that in New England. Well, they did draft two tight ends. One of them, a UCLA Bruins. That's what I told us, my baby. Devin, I coached him in high school. He has no catches. How do we, how do we not get these tight ends? How do we get these tight ends involved to help all right, and you know what? You may be a, a two-win team. I don't know. You may be that. But you still have to put be out there and try to be competitive and put guys I in just position am surprised to be successful, that, man. I, I'm just I'm, I'm not ready to totally take a dump on Bill Pelichick's entire I'm not, career no, he, because I'm not they're not having a, dump a good on, year. I'm, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He won, what, six Super Bowls or how many ever? Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that we, we have put a lot on Bill Belichick. Saying of course that we he have. He won adapt. six Super Bowls. Exactly. But we're not seeing the... the him adapt to a different player. Well, I, I'm 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 going to give him a pass on this season, and I think he see, is giving like himself give, a you pass. You like to give? See, I don't give passes because I coach before. I've coached before. Not in high, I coached in high school, but I coached little kids, right? Right. And I tell I told I tried to tell our coaches there. I was like, we're only as good as the players we have. We could coach our butts off, and we could do all these. I'm great giving things. Bill Belichick the pass. I'm not giving Bill Belichick. I'm giving the coach the pass, not the GM the pass. The GM has failed. What about Bill what Belichick, about McDaniel's? Because he's going to get a head coaching job. So I you don't think, know. would you give him a, another coaching opportunity? Head coaching opportunity. Listen, sometimes you, you. you put on the player. Yeah, I think eventually he's going to get a head coaching opportunity. Would you give him another coaching opportunity after what he did in Denver? After what he did when he was with the Saints, we talked about this before. And then we he talked about coaches deserving has, second chances. I don't believe Pete Carroll got a second chance. Yeah, he went to college and won a national title. He he worked his way to do that. He was a head coach in college. He, he wasn't an OC in college. He got two chances in the NFL before he went to USC. He was the coach of the Jets and the and Patriots. And the Patriots were good. Remember the Patriots? He had the Patriots winning when he got fired, when they went and went after Bill Belichick. The, they were winning. I want to say they Bill went to Belichick the playoffs. Bill Belichick has gotten a second chance. There's a lot of second chance but, but coaches. But again, but they were winners. Bill Belichick took Cleveland to the playoffs. Yeah, right. But they win and then they lose. Josh McDaniels, he, he, he was, did he not like do this. well he in like this. It was a bad experience because he and was trying he to be went, Belichick. Then he went to St. Louis and was the OC there. We forget about that stint he had with uh, the Rams. Well, he he, res- he resurrected his, his his career. Let's let's move I'm, on from I'm the Patriots. Quick, let's let's yeah. close it. I'm gonna close it out. Put with a this. button on it. Okay, I believe that you're right. That they they figured out. Look, we don't have enough weapons playmakers around our quarterback, and we have to find a way. Tom was right when he said the reason he left was that you guys didn't put enough guys around. Now, I don't know the whole cap situation. They may be strapped for cash. I don't know. They are strapped for cash. But the thing is this: at the end of the day, you have to be competitive. And I know they'll win on Monday night against the Jets. I know they'll do that. At least I hope they'll do that. But it's like. Mike Tomlin, when I see Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh last year, when they were fighting every week, right? And you go eight and eight with a guy by the name of Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph, who we saw is really not a, you know, he's backup quarterback. Right. But they fought every week. Like Mike Tomlin didn't say, oh, we're going to give up. Like, "Mm." you know, we didn't, we were strapped for cash, which Pittsburgh is most of the time. No, they, he was like, we're going to fight. And so I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate the like, okay, we're going to tell the truth now. Like we went all in like, no, like 
compete. No, at the I, end of the day. I, I think they're still competing. I just, I think we always we give excuses say, why, for Belichick, certain why people. Why don't you ever say anything? Why do you always speak in monosyllabic tones when you're, you know, in your post-game press conference? And finally, he does that, and now we're like, dude, how could he say that? He's just, he's, he's spitting truth right now. Well, someone told me, uh, like, it may be the end because he's doing like subway commercials. He's kind of like getting back out there a little bit. Belichick's doing subway commercials. Yeah, he did a subway commercial. He is. He's all, he's all over TV. Uh, He's all over TV doing those subway ads. It's like it's like Brady. Remember Brady didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden Zero. he started a Facebook account and he went on Instagram like the last three years there. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Maybe the end is near. All no. right, I got I got to get to the 49ers. because right, we have go. a uh, we have an interview coming up with Mike Gasicki that I don't want to be late for. We won't. Um, all right, Garoppolo done. Is he done in San Francisco? The high ankle sprain. He's probably going to have surgery. Likely going to be out for the season. He's on the books for two more years. Right, but they no, can get out but, after this year, right? Yeah, no more guaranteed money. Listen to this quote from Kyle Shanahan. I don't think it's difficult for me to evaluate. I've got a good idea with Jimmy and what Jimmy is capable of doing. And that's why he's been here. Now, I think he means that as a positive quote moving forward. But you can also take that. Listen, he kind of knows what he has. And in terms of Garoppolo, he's only had one full season in San Francisco. 13-3, and three, they go to the Super Bowl. He's been hurt two other years. He was acquired the year before that. So he has about three and a half years, one full season. And you look at that, oh, one full season, he goes to the Super Bowl. Case Keenum was 13-3 and three in 2070. Blake Bortles got the Jags to an AFC Championship game. Mitch Trubisky was 11-3 in 2018 when he made the Pro Bowl. All those guys are backup quarterbacks now. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is done in San Francisco, and I think he's going to be somebody's backup quarterback next year. Is that news? Like, is that do we do we think Jimmy I did Garoppolo think, was good? Do we do we believe? Did like I, think, I have Niner friends that that I want to talk positive, so I'm going to talk positive. No, Jimmy, talk. I'm going I'm to talk positive about Jimmy G. He's great with the running game. He's when he can be throw to get the ball out quick. And three steps, five steps, the ball, and the guy's wide open. He's amazing. You know who else people say that about? Jared Goff. No, no question. Okay. But I think they're very similar. They're, they're, they are. When you look at the the NFC West, it is Russell Wilson, it is Kyler Murray, and then it's Jimmy G and Jared Goff. They're, they're, like, that's the, the tier, right? Um, Jimmy G, like, at the end of the day, he just – that's either that system doesn't fit him, which is a, a quarterback-friendly system – but I personally think like it just after six games they gave him a bunch of money you didn't even know what you had, right? Like the Niners and then my boys always call it the perfect tank. That's what they're talking about now. It's like we're back with being the perfect tank. Everyone's hurt. We'll get a top pick. We got Bosa last time we did this. Next time we'll I can't wait to see who we get next, right? But at the end of the day, like they're just like those teams you mentioned. You mentioned the Jags. Remember the Jags were all defensive heavy. Yeah. Guess what? That lasted two years. It's gone. The Niners, what were they? Defensive heavy. Everyone's hurt. Can't do any. Can't stop anybody. You can't score. It, it, that's what this. You have to have a quarterback. First of all, if you want to, if you want to play the Kyle Shanahan game, you need to have multiple running. You need to draft running backs in the first round. Multiple. You need to have three or four dudes on that roster. Now they have three or four guys, but they're not first round. You talent. don't need to draft running backs in the first round. Well, that's if you're smart, you would because you get a fifth year old, and you have to pay them. If you're smart, but if you want to do the, I don't draft running backs in the first round. You'll continue to be like what they're doing. You'll have a bunch of guys out there running, looking good. Then once they get hurt, guess what? They all like what they're running with who? Uh, undrafted free agent Jamichael Hasty now. And Jarek McKinnon, who they paid two years ago, who had two ACL surgeries. Yeah, like, and then they brought him back on a, on a cheaper deal. But what I'm saying is like, 
they haven't really went out and invested in that offense the way they should have. Well, they've invested heavily in the defense. You have all those first round picks uh, on the defensive line. But here's my question. It, I'm letting him go. If you want to, he's not okay. coming back. If so I'm where do you, if so I'm, where do you go? Who you replacing him with? You replace him in the draft. It depends on it depends on uh, in the draft where I am because I like a couple guys there in the draft. Um, not a big. I know people are, they're going to get mad at me. I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence guy. I think Trevor Lawrence, um, he's more of a runner than he is a thrower. If that makes sense, mm. I'm going to tell you why. Against some of these teams that they face, like Georgia Tech, they scored 70 points. He's supposed to do that. It's Georgia Tech. Like, they're switching offenses. They're not going from the, the triple option. They're going to spread now. Like, they're going to be bad. But when you played against, uh, what, who they what is Ohio State last year? Who they play against in the playoffs? Bubar, I can't remember. Does anyone know? I want to say it was either, it was like Ohio State or LSU. For whoever they played in the, in the first round, they lost. I want to say, did they play in the championship game? I, I'm I'm totally blanking on what they did last year. I can't anyway, remember who else his big be plays first. against those top defenses were his legs. They would not no throws, which lets me know in the crunch time, bro, you're gonna take off. You're Mitchell Trubisky. You're gonna run. Don't more don't than throw. compare Trevor Lawrence to Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, can I we, mean can he you, has can a you much the, bigger sample me, size. Can you give me uh, in the championship game on January the seventh last year? Clemson, the number one team, beat Alabama forty four to sixteen. It was not a, last year. Not LSU, last, won last year. LSU won last oh, year. LSU won last year. That's right. That's right. Excuse Look me, at you Look at you trying to prove me wrong. But go ahead. Go okay, ahead and look okay, at this but, right, So listen. But what I'm saying is he. I. I. I there's so I. I believe in Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields fits that Kyle Shanahan system. Better than anyone because he's athletic enough. He could throw from the pocket. He can get on don't that sleep. Boot. Don't sleep on Trey Lance now. That's the a one. A lot of people like him, but listen, like I'm, I, I get nervous because I, I, I look at him and then I think of Carson Wentz because everyone was excited about Carson Wentz and I'm like, that hero ball doesn't work. So, so there's two other guys, um, and I know you're a big college football guy, but I don't know if you've had a chance to see him yet. Obviously, Mac Jones for Alabama, you've seen. There's one mock draft that I'm had him going of, in the I'm first round. I'm scared of Alabama quarterbacks Alabama in general. Quarterbacks and okay. Only one I'll, I'll Tua I'll give because Tua played big in big situations, so I know he has that game in him. I haven't seen this kid yet. What about big... what about the BYU kid, Zach Wilson? People like him. I've heard a lot about him. Again, uh, since was it Ty Detmer was the last guy? Like that, it, like that, that matters to me. So I'll give you an example of kind of quarterbacks I like. I like quarterbacks from the MAC. I think when you do more with less. The Ben Roethlisberger's of the world. Yeah, like Byron Leftwich, uh, Chad Pennington, you know, oh, you know, Marshall. You know, right, right, guys, right, right. Um, I like those guys. I I try to stay away from. This is gonna sound bad, but Pac-12. I, I just they don't know what they're doing yet. And then when them dudes come out, even my baby Josh Rosen just just doesn't work. It just it hasn't worked. Maybe that's who you go with as a guy if you're if you're Kyle Shanahan. You go and pick up Josh Rosen. He's cheap. You maybe you could work with him. I don't know, but you for me, I need a guy that is proven and that can make plays. Justin Fields, his stats, and when you watch him throw, you you're like, oh yeah, he he has it. I want to say in the last two games, he has two incompletions or something crazy like that. He, like that to me is like he's a gamer. And then not only is he a leader, when the Big Ten was like, oh, we don't want to play. He was the focal one. He was the vocal one saying, "I right. want to play. Right. We want to play." Right. But you, but you talk about track record. Who's the last Ohio State quarterback that came out in the first round? Oh, Dwayne Haskins. But yeah. that's not Dwayne's fault. I, I, I think Dwayne Haskins is good. I personally think he's a he's a I think he's a quarterback that can make it. He's I uh, I believe MJD, he's, you can't don't say that. You know, okay, you, so you, listen, you also said Houston was going to win the. I did say that AFC South. I did say that. But you you so you who's worse, him or Daniel Jones? 
Dwayne Haskins. No, Daniel Jones is worse. Look at I the stats. Dis- Look at the stats before he got benched. I, the Daniel Jones test. turns over the turns the ball over every week. The He's the same test. as Sam Darnold. It's the eyeball test. What is the eyeball test? Turning the not turning the. Let me ask you a hold question. On, hold on, hold this on. This is stop, how bad stop. Dwayne Haskins has been. Okay, he's been so bad that Ron Rivera decided to go with Kyle Allen, who, to your point, got him fired last year. No question. As the starting quarterback instead of Haskins. Yeah. Haskins. They it, traded for him too, though. Remember, that. you want to talk about stats? Pro Football Focus has rated that, that, thirty-six I, 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 quarterbacks I, I, this year. I don't want to hear Haskins is number thirty-six. I don't want to hear. But they okay. That's fine. I don't want to hear Pro Football Focus. I want to talk about turnovers. The the reason, the number one way you win games and lose games is turnovers. Agreed. Daniel Jones has turned the ball over multiple times in multiple games. Like right. more than once he in has, multiple games. He has 36 giveaways since 2019, Daniel Jones, to your credit. That's the most in the NFL. And and we and we don't bench him. We keep giving him an opportunity. But Dwayne Haskins plays what? He hasn't even played 12 games. And he gets benched? Are there's you no doubt me? about there's no doubt about the turnovers. I've just seen more from Daniel Jones in terms of throws that he's made than I've seen. And I've seen a lot of throws that he's missed in those games that he makes. So so this is the thing. And I, and, and this is the difference between uh, I think Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm gonna say this, and people may get upset. Jared Goff is even kill. He's gonna his floor is gonna be here and his ceiling's gonna be here. It's not a big drop off, right? Jimmy G, sometimes Jimmy G can get hot and be way up here, but his floor is way down here. I think that's here. an extremely valid point. Yeah. When uh, you look at Dwayne Haskins, he may not have a high ceiling. I don't know because I, he, we haven't seen enough games. What, how many games has he played? 12? 16? That sounds, that sounds about right. Thir- 13 in his career, has that? 13 games. You're telling me. So you, you know what he can do in 13 games. But Daniel Jones, we've seen him two years in a row turn the ball over. The same thing we said about Sam Darnold. They turn the ball over. You can't win with a quarterback that... Monday night, they should have beat the brakes off the Buccaneers. But he couldn't help it but to throw the ball to the DB. Uh, that was, was an ill-advised throw right in the flat there. Twice. Yes, I know. He did that twice. That was bad. So how can I? How can we win when you do that? And then this is my question. This, this, is, where, this is why I ask you. Why don't we bench him? Because he's done this multiple times to us, and we're one in six. Because but I we th- can bench Dwayne Haskins. I, I think they've, to your point, I think that Daniel Jones has a higher ceiling and they've seen him perform at a higher level than Washington has seen Dwayne Haskins. They're they're they are riding and dying with Daniel Jones. Joe Judge, they're not drafting a quarterback this year. So that's why. They're they're sold on Daniel Jones. Well, they'll there. be going 1 and 6, 1 and 8. They may win 3 or 4 games every year because he is who he is. There is like I've never seen a quarterback. Well, this is I the, don't know. I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a quarterback Turn the ball over that much. People are going to say Peyton Manning threw the ball, turned the ball over 26 times his rookie year, whatever it might have been. But the second year, he didn't do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he was drastically better. Blake, they, as you say, Blake Bortles turned the ball over in Jacksonville. And the second year, guess what? He turned the ball over. And guess what? The third year, he turned the ball over. You know who else led the NFL in interceptions twice? Who? And also won two Super Bowls? Eli. And Eli turned, and guess what? Why did they win those Super Bowls? Please tell me why they won those Super Bowls. Well, they won the Super Bowls because of big plays by Eli. They won the Super Bowls because of a defense. A what? A defense. And they ran the ball. Let's, they ran the ball. They very ran well. the ball. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is the other thing. We are all over the place. No, in this no, podcast. this is important. It's this is important because I, I think people need to understand this. When you have a quarterback that turns the ball over and or it can get streaky hot, yeah. you have to make sure that you have a running game when things go bad. And they don't have that. Saquon's hurt. If Saquon was healthy, this would be he an entirely different story. Tur- he's not a streaky quarterback. He's a turnover quarterback. 
He's turned the ball over in every in nine straight games. Dan, what else do you like? We got to go in knowing that as a defense, we have to know all right, we're gonna have to have a sudden change here. It's gonna happen. I, I'm not arguing with the fact he's turned the ball over. I think in he, nine I think straight he, games. I think he forces too many things. Is, it, is, that, is that, that true? Because I don't. I, I'm not, this is off the top of my uh, head. He, no, no. Unfortunately for Mr. Helly, Mr. Jones Drew is correct. He's actually turned the ball over every single game this year. He has. Uh, he's got at least one interception in every game this season, except Week Five, which they lost to the Cowboys. But he had a fumble lost in that game. So he still Bubar, turned it over. Bubar, if you have any more uh, statistical support for MJD, you're fired. I mean, oh my, like I mean he's a Bruin, I'm a Trojan. It's hard, dude, to, it's hard like, to support someone you, like that. But you like him because he has a high ceiling. He not, turns the ball I'm, over I'm every week. I'm saying I understand why they're sticking with him. All you right. know, you, you want to know why they lose? And then we'll, we'll get back to the thing. You want to know why they lose? Yeah. They lose because he turns the ball over. Literally. No, I, I, I understand that. I just Literally. Think, they lost. They, they should have beat the Cowboys. Turn the ball over. Should have beat the Bucks. Turn the ball over. They're in. Jamil Prepper said it best. We're not getting our butt kicked. We're not getting our ass kicked. We're we're in every game. You're right. You are in every game. But you're going to keep losing, America. All right. If you I, do keep I turning the ball over, I understand that you're not sold on Daniel Jones, and I don't think you're you're alone there. Let's move on to another quarterback, Lamar. The Ravens uh, have seen a regression of Lamar Jackson. Uh, from his MVP season to this season, and it's not just throwing the football. Actually, when you, in terms of yardage, he's on, he's almost on par to have the same uh, throwing totals he did last year. Uh, the, the completion percentage is down, but he's not running with the same vigor that he did last year. Right. There seems to be, and this we talked about this last week. Hollywood Brown tweets after their loss to the Steelers. What's the point of having soldiers when you don't use them? N- never. Two targets, one catch for him in that game. It was a, yeah, a they touchdown catch. Took them away. But does that? Does that you you say that doesn't bother you when guys go to Twitter? It does. Well, that bothers me. John Harbaugh talked to him. He takes the tweet down. He said, "Listen, Hollywood's a good kid. He's frustrated. I understand. He's a hard worker. All this I'm stuff. frustrated too. Listen, this is the problem. This you want to know what the problem is with Baltimore? They have an identity crisis. They want to be something that they're not. Their OC wants to be something that they're not. When they played the Chiefs on Monday night, why are you out here? doing play action pass and drop back passes like when you're a downhill running team. And the pre- the, the problem is, and Dan Orlovsky, have to give him credit, last year the Baltimore Ravens would go big boy. They'd go three tight ends. They'd go two tight ends and a fullback, right. two backs. Like they would beat you up. Lamar would run the ball. Like all those things would happen. This year they're going three wide receivers. Like they're trying to spread teams out. Like that's not who you are. That's not the Baltimore Ravens way. You have to get back to who you are. You should have never let traded Hayden Hurst because you know what? Hayden Hurst gave you an opportunity when you went three tight ends to be another receiver, how athletic he was out there and be a mismatch for your quarterback who loves to throw the ball at the seams. He helped out Mark Andrew, who's not having the same year that he did last year, right? You're not running the ball. And when I say run the ball, I'm talking about Lamar runs. Like on fourth and two. Fourth and two against the Seahawks last year, they just literally ran a QB blast. They did the same thing on fourth and four against the Rams on Monday night. QB blast. And they were throttling people. All of a sudden now you're struggling because we want Lamar to be throw more from the pocket. Why? That's not who he is. So it's interesting, though, that you say that. Because last week against Baltimore in probably the most crucial drive. I'm sorry, against uh, Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh, the most crucial drive of the game. They ran the ball 10 straight times. And then Lamar turned it over. Listen, he turned it over four times in that game. It's yeah, not going to happen. It happens. Um, I, I just, 
the, he improved from year one to year two more than any other quarterback I've seen in, in NFL history. How what? How do you pinpoint what is the the reason? I'm telling you, they it's changed, just the OC. It's just no, Greg they, Roman. They changed their scheme. It's, it, it may not. I don't know. It trying might to make been, him more of a drop back. It might be or? like say we want to protect him more, right? We don't want him to take all these hits. So let's throw no. Lamar, David Carr said the same thing. You can't do that. That's like saying, Derrick Henry, we want you to be a third down scat back. We're going to put you out. We're not going to turn around and hand you the ball no more. We want you to run option routes. But, but Who does that? So David Carr actually pointed to this in an article he had on NFL.com. And he said, Greg Roman did the same thing with Cap in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Yeah. Year two for Cap, we saw these same kind of issues. Is it just a matter of... Greg Roman saying, "You know what? I want to get a head coaching job. I'm, oh, I'm going to show that we can do this. To say that. I'm going to show we can do this with him as a traditional, you know, throwing quarterback." So um, Monday night showed me everything. Monday night against the Chiefs showed me everything. There's no way the Kansas City Chiefs are, are that much better better than the the Ravens, right? Um, but when you don't ha- like, why draft J.K. Dobbins? Why have Gus Edwards? Why have Mark Ingram? Why have all these big bodies, these linemen that are huge, if you're going to drop back and just throw the ball? What's the purpose of that? You're you're receiving. The reason you have Hollywood Brown is just so he can stretch the field. So when they're everyone's in the box for the run, you can throw the ball down the field. You don't you don't like you can still be a creative OC with that, right? Like you can of still, course you can you can still get a head coaching job running down people's throats if you go fourteen and two. You're the number one offense in football, right? You you still have you can still do those things, but a lot of these coaches, and it's not it's not a hating on the like again. I think they're trying to protect Lamar Jackson more than anything because he, he he does take hits sometimes. He's smart about it, but sometimes he gets clean. I want to say the Jets got him last year, a nice clean hit. Uh, he popped. He's up. so slippery, you don't see it very often. And I understand them wanting to protect him, but you can't because you're taking away who he is. That's like me saying, Dan, we're giving you some contacts and taking away those blue eyes of yours and give you regular brown. You're not Dan Hell anymore. You you look average. It's those blue eyes whoa, that make whoa, you look so whoa, dreamy, whoa. right? Easy but if on I the gave you some brown, if I gave you some brown eyes, you'd just be average Dan. I don't think so. You'd be average Joe's Jim. So. Not you a one-trick pony over here, you buddy. Are, no, those eyes, are that's all you got. But this is what I'm saying, though. <laughs> and so why would I take away what Lamar Jackson does best? You, that, so that may, that may shorten his career. It may. I don't know. But you know what? He was an MVP because he led the team in rushing, and he led the team in passing, and you guys went 14-2. and two. And you throttled people. I'll this tell you what's going to be real tough now. What's going to be real interesting? You know, they just lost our. They just lost their best lineman. Yeah. They just lost Ronnie Stanley. How will they adjust anything going forward now that they lost Ronnie Stanley? I mean, that's his protector. Well, not only not only Stanley, you lost Yonda too last this pack because we retired, Earlier, right? Yeah. So you have you your top two linemen are gone. How how do you as a and that's where coaching? Remember we we're talking about Bill Belichick. That's where coaching comes in. When guys start going down, it's easy to coach when everyone's healthy and we're like playing well and everyone's it, yeah, that, as long that as you have the easy. pieces, right? Which they do. But how? What are you going to do now when you your left tackle is done? So it sounds like we're not we're not really sold on uh, on Baltimore this year at all. I'm I think Baltimore Baltimore's going to go to the playoffs. And they're going to make a run at it, but they have to get back to who they are. The, the reason they the reason they lost to the Tennessee Titans, you know why? Why? They, they threw the ball 70 times or 60-some times. Six, I think it was 61 times. What? So How? Who? So but here, let me ask you this, though. And, and I don't think this is a legitimate knock because 
Michael Jordan took seven years to win a championship, I believe. You but know, Peyton Manning took a couple of years till he, he yeah, got Peyton right. It was like double digits almost, right? I mean, the knock on Lamar is that he's lost the biggest games, right? 0-2 in the playoffs, 0-3 to Mahomes. Now 0-1 against the Steelers with Big Ben. I don't think that's a fair knock for a guy that's been a full-time starter for for two full seasons, basically. Uh, no, I, I, I think – I first of all, I think when they played the um, – both times they lost in the playoffs, they tried to throw the ball instead of run it. Both times. Uh, against the Chargers uh, the first time, and then against the Titans, they tried to throw the ball. You can go look it up. Um, I think against Pittsburgh, when you look at what they were trying to throw the ball, like why is he in drop? If I okay, occasionally I'm going to do drop back, and when I say occasionally, I mean like two or three times a game. I'm going to do drop back passes with Lamar. Everything else is going to be on a play action pass, right? Because he has the threat, and then I'm going to tell him. And I and I've said this. I, I did a uh, I, I talked to a couple people in Baltimore about you know kind of how they're using their backfield and why their offense is struggling. And I and I and my response was it's not the runners, it's because Lamar's not taking off enough. Last year, he took off when everything was covered. and He took off and ran and got first downs. He doesn't do that like anymore. And then when he tried to do it, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers knew that he was going to do it. The game was on the line. They knew that he was going to try to run the ball, right? So you have to have something else there for them. I, I think we see this a lot with quarterbacks that run. I mean, I always go back to my time in Washington. Obviously, that great year uh, Robert Griffin III yeah. had his first year. The next year, he basically marched into Shanahan's office and said, I, I don't want to run like I did. I, I want to be a drop back quarterback. I'm not saying Lamar did that, but I'm saying to your point, he ran at this point last year, he had 576 yards on the ground. This year, 411. Last year, seven yards per carry. This year, just over six. It's a big difference. And a lot of those runs were pass plays that he just took off and right. ran and got yards. And that's on him. Yeah. That's not on the but, offensive but, but, coordinator. But it's not. What, what happens is, and this is what you like, it happened to me when I played. They were like, we need you to be more of a receiving threat out of the backfield, right? So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I can do that. But then that took away from my blocking because now in my mind, I'm like, I got to get out. Like, so there's a couple of times I would miss blitzes because in my mind, I'm thinking like, I got to go out and make it happen because this is what they want me to do. I need to be a threat in the receiving game. And they may, they might've talked to him and said, hey, we want you to throw the ball more, stand in the pocket more. You have time, right. you have protection, wait for the guy to come open. We don't want you to be running all the time. When... That's what he did at Louisville, right? That's what he did his first two years of the league. He took you to the playoffs two years in a row. Why change that? Yeah, well, you know what I'd say to Lamar? Um, go out and, do, and do what you think is best. Do you. Just let him Just let him be him. He was an MVP last year. Just let and Lamar you, be Lamar. And, and all, So you go from being an MVP and you change that. And if, if it's a Lamar, why? Lamar, why right. would you change that? Right. If it's the coaches, why would you change that? He was the MVP of the league. You guys were the number one seed. Right. Don't change who these players are. You it's it's as a coach. And I told you, I, I coached in high school at the great De La Salle High School, arguably not arguably the greatest high school ever. No one ever get to what do what we better did. than Magruder High School in Rockville, we, we, Maryland. We, we didn't lose a game for 14 I years. I know this. Okay, story, make sure you, dude, you make sure you put it. that out there. But this is what I'm going to say. The one thing that I learned from those coaches is who we were. They let us be that. And then they changed the game plan. So each year, yeah, we ran the same system, but certain plays they would put guys in position because that's what they fit them, right? Like for me, I played a little bit of receiver my first couple of years in on varsity because I could catch. My senior year, I played a little bit of receiver or both. Like they just moved the offense, changed with the players they have around them. That's what the NFL has to be that way. I hate when I, you know, and this is going to go back to a coach that I, I dislike, uh, not dislike him as a person, but his style, Adam Gase. He is a scheme coach. 
He's not a player's coach. We've seen that. And and that's in two places we've seen that. And so right. that becomes an issue because at the end of the day, your scheme is not going to win. It's the players within your scheme that's going to win you games. And so that that's where I'm seeing Baltimore is like, you're trying to change him to something he's not. Don't do that. Let him be who he is. And Greg Roman did that in Buffalo too with Tyrod, I want to say. So this is yeah, well, so this is this is the third stop. And this was a guy that was on the short list, I think, everybody's short list for potential head coaching candidates. And this is going to be interesting to see how that uh, may change that going forward. All right, we have Mike Kosicki, Dolphins tight end, coming up. We have our game picks coming up as well. But first, a message from our sponsors. Time for a quick timeout to tell you about a few of our sponsors. And we start with Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that green superfood into a bar. The bars, powders, taste great. The most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. All organic gluten-free, available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com. I recommend going to greensplus.com because you get 20% off if you use the promo code HELI. You like smoothies? Throw some wild berry superfood powder in there. Greens Plus. At Vaco, the motto is we invest in your career, so you are here for the duration of ours. Vaco, a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position. Vaco has you covered. Their areas of expertise all across the board, folks. Accounting, finance, tech, healthcare IT, ops, administration, or international managed services. They were founded in 2002. One of the founding partners, my good buddy Brian Waller, a University of Tennessee alum. He did not like how things went this past weekend against Georgia. I can tell you that much. But Vaco's still growing. They serve over 40 markets across the globe, 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue. At Vaco, they're doing it right. Check them out, Vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com for more info on how they can connect people to their dream jobs and help leading companies find talent to grow their business. I'm not sure how long it's been. I think probably three months or so, but I tried this new product called True Niagen, and I think you should too. There is a trend, MJD, in the scientific community uh, that surrounds the health of our cells. It affects all of us, from former athletes like you to the weekend warriors like myself. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise or we don't sleep enough and even when we're exposed to a virus. There is only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety, and that is True Niagen. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T R U. N-I-A-G-E-N. I haven't been sick in three months since I've taken this stuff. It's good. All right, back with Dolphins tight end Mike Gesicki as they get ready for the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. All right, Mike, first of all, uh, congratulations on beating up on uh, MJD's Rams. Um, 
We uh, we we thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that uh, that performance, man. You guys you guys had five wins last year. You're sitting a four and three after that Rams win. What what's just the biggest difference walking into the building now for you? Um, you know, I think that you know a lot of the a lot of the guys in this team kind of have now seen you know a little bit of both sides of it. You know, they've we've kind of fought through some adversity, and even you know this year fought through a little bit of uh, adversity early on. And I mean, not that's not to say that you know we've made it over the hump and you know where where we where we need to be, but um, I think we're improving, and uh, you know guys are playing confident. We all trust in Coach Flo, and uh, you know we're just excited to kind of take this thing day by day. Uh, we see you play more in the slot now, and we've seen those hops that you have in the tight red zone. Why haven't they utilized that more? And do you like playing in the slot? Um, you know, I think that you know for me, you know, I just kind of try to do you know my thing you know stay after practice you know do my work you know make sure i'm you know prepared just when my, when my opportunity comes on sunday you know whether it's 10 targets one target no targets five tar- you know whatever it is whatever, however many opportunities it is um i'm just you know doing what i can to you know be prepared and then uh you know i like i like playing in the slot i like you know getting those matchups on uh you know a couple different uh, defenders you know different group uh, position groups stuff like that and, um, you know, like I said, man, just make the most of the opportunities when they come. All right. Going to Penn State, um, it, it seems like we all need to go there and work out because you're, 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 you know, everyone at the Combine blows it up every year. I know there's a linebacker coming out that's uh, come out of Penn State. It's supposed to be crazy. But you had the vertical. You've had the speed. We saw Saquon, what he's been able to do. Miles Sanders at the Combine. What is it about that weight room and what you guys do up there? Um, yeah, I think it's just the, the like, the competitive atmosphere in that weight room. You know, everybody – uh, tries to, you know, make everybody else better, competing, talking about numbers, you know, what'd you get? All right, I'm going to try to one-up you there, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then just kind of, um, you know, the, the strength staff up there, the coaching, just everything, man, that the the culture up there, um, you know, it, I think it's a, it's a good stepping stone, um, you know, kind of getting prepared for the next level. Let me ask you about, you, you brought up Brian Flores. Have you ever seen him smile? <laughs> Very rarely. Um, even though I know he wants to smile more than more than anybody else in the damn building, but uh, he he holds him in. He tries to put on that um, that that hard that hard face all the time. But uh, you know, we all know that at the end of the day, man, he's having just as much fun as us. Is there anybody that can mess with him? You know, just say something to him off the cuff or during practice. You know, give him a little little oh, yeah. little oh, forearm shiver or something. Absolutely. I think I think he he might be the number one target. Everybody messes with him. You know, I mess with him. Guys on the defense mess with him. Um, other guy, I mean, it, the, the list, the list goes on and on, but, uh, you know, he'll definitely dish it back out too. Um, and that, that, that's the cool thing, man. A lot of guys have really good relationships with coach Flo. All right. Now we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Ryan Fitzpatrick has you guys rolling. You switched to Tua. Were you surprised or was it just the way Tua had been practicing and playing that you guys felt very comfortable with him? Um, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, it was a decision that was made, you know, by, uh, you know, the coaching staff and everybody upstairs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, you just got to, um, you know, lock in on, you know, your role, your, uh, your job and, you know, make the most of it. And, uh, so, I mean, you know, playing with Fitz for you know the last year and a half, he's helped me out, you know, in, you know, more ways than you know, I ever knew were possible and, uh, you know, helped me, you know, kind of get rolling in this league. So, I mean, I'll forever, you know, be thankful for him and, you know, now, you know, hopefully I can, you know, maybe, you know, repay the favor to two and go out and make some plays for him and help him, um, you know, get rolling as well. So uh, I think it's an exciting, um, you know, phase in this in this year, uh, you know, getting two out there and, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep this thing rolling. 
All right, so you know what that was, MJD? Because you guys are really good at this. By you guys, I mean athletes. That was a that was a non-answer answer, and we can't let Mike get away from that because he he had his own show. I don't know if it's still alive. The the Mike and Smythe show. Yeah, and I watched yeah, a couple huge, of episodes huge ratings of, on the Mike and Smythe show. Yeah, huge ratings. Yeah. yeah. So your level of surprise when you first heard, and you knew too it was going to start eventually, but the timing, your level of surprise on a one to ten scale. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I was. I think everybody, you know, was surprised, you know, outside the building, inside the building. And, you know, I'm sure maybe even to us, I'm sure, you know, everybody was just because, you know, it's just not what you expected. But at the same time, um, you know, two is just as prepared as, as Fitz and, and the next guy in there. And, um, you know, he's been, you know, practicing really well and doing everything in his power to be prepared for when this moment did come. And, uh, you know, whenever it was going to come, whether it was week two, week 12, you know, week six, whatever week it was. And uh, I think that he's done a great job, and you know we're all uh, behind him. Are we are we still rolling with the with the Mike and Smythe show with Dur- Durham Smythe? That it was, by the way, incredible celebration for his yeah. uh, touchdown. You you made, I mean, you you ran down the sideline faster than I think I've seen you run at any point in your life, and I, you acknowledge I, yeah, that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, that was I definitely hit top speeds of the season on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we do need an episode three. Uh, it was more of a. Uh, an off season slash quarantine thing. And now that we're in the building, we can probably get an in-person episode, which would be great. Now, is that the, is that the same show where someone was like, who's the haircut guy on the tight end? Are you the one that cuts people hair or someone cut your hair? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the haircut guy. I was the haircut customer. Um, uh, obviously I need to go back to him right now. I, just got, but I, I also just took my helmet off. So, you know, give me a, give me a break on that. But, uh, Chandler, Chandler Cox, he's, uh, he's our fullback. So he's kind of in the tight end room as well. So we uh, we consider him a tight end, and he uh, he cut some good hair. MJD, I don't know if you've seen highlights from Mike's high school basketball career, but the dude could ball. And yeah. from a former high school basketball player here who just wanted to be able to dunk at one point in, in my life. So you, you weren't a hooper if no, you can't dunk. No, listen, bro. I'm six feet tall. I could dunk a volleyball one out of ten times of basketball, but this guy could get up. I was watching some of them before the show today. Unbelievable. And your favorite, your favorite hooper of all time is Vince Carter. Would you try to emulate his dunks? Oh, I mean, so, I mean, growing up, Vince, that was like my idol. You know, I, I, I thought I was going to be the next Vince Carter. So that was, that was my thing. When I was a little kid, it was, I was doing them on Nerf hoops and all that kind of stuff in my basement. And then when I got a little bit bigger and a little more athletic, then I was trying to do them, uh, some of them for the most part on, uh, out on the actual court. What was the most points you scored in a game? I mean, every everyone knows Hoopers remember those. Yeah, uh, it wasn't anything crazy. I think I had like thirty eight. So I mean, yeah, I mean it, it was it was a solid game. But sometimes you hear people, oh yeah, I dropped like sixty two one one night, and yeah, that yeah. means they were ball hogging. You had to have some right. assists in that thirty eight. Right. So were you were you a basketball prospect as well coming out? Is that something you thought about doing in college, or was it always football? Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was something I thought about for for a while. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I got recruited to, you know, smaller schools for, you know, I had like offers from like Bucknell, Colgate, Lehigh, more like Patriot League schools for basketball. Um, and then just kind of decided that I probably wasn't going to go to the NBA one day and I probably maybe had a shot at, um, you know, playing football for, for a little bit of time. So, I, you know, went that route and paid off. So. Well, let's move ahead. You guys are playing the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you'll be locked up with Buda Baker, who's been balling. What have you noticed from him uh, throughout the film study, and, and what do you think you can take some advantages of? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a, you know a really talented player, um, and the thing that you know he does is you know you see him you know I've seen clips of him 
you know, covering, you know, George Kittle and, you know, doing, doing a good job, just kind of playing physical and, you know, playing to his strengths. And then also, you know, he's, they also, you know, blitz him a ton, you know, bring him off the edge. So um, you're going to have to, you know, be able to read things quick, you know, maybe he's, he's on you and then he's, and he's blitzing. Now you're looking up, you got the next guy coming down on you. So uh, just be prepared um, for, you know, everything that they're going to throw at you. But uh, like you said, you know, uh, Buddha is a very, very talented player. No Miles Gaskin. He's going to be out for a little while. Any, uh, he, I, I didn't realize in terms of of offensive touches, he just dominated mm-hmm. uh, for you guys. So that, that I see a little smile on your face because that that could be. Hey, listen, that could be good news for you. You've had one catch in the last two games. You had a couple of great games earlier in the season, but you may be forced to spread the ball around a little more now. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we all hope that, you know, Miles comes back and, you know, is healthy and gets back in the action. Uh, he's done a great job for us all year long. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, it is, you know, next man up mentality. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, talent in the running back room that's going to step up and make plays. And, um, you know, if there's, you know, more distribution of, you know, the targets and all that kind of stuff, you just got to be ready and, uh, make the most of your opportunities. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. This is less of a question, more of a, a statement? Uh, no, not a statement. Just tell Tua to throw you the ball more because I have you on my fantasy team. All right. <laughs> and I'll I'll make sure I text Zoe Sunday morning to remind Tua to make sure he gets you at least, you know, 10 to 15 cat th- targets at least so we can we can win this fantasy league together. Yeah, you sound you sound like all the people in my uh, in, in my DMs right now, but you know, embrace I'll- it. Embrace it, baby. Is, is this what it's all about? Listen, we just gotta win games and you know, eventually the ball comes your way. I will say this, Mike. Uh, MJD had a unbelievable run in his career. He had a three-season run where he was an All-Pro all those years, led the league in rushing. And the one thing he did that few other players did at the time was embrace fantasy football and all the people that would come at him on Twitter all the time. You did. You embraced yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Zoe, for that. Zoe's the one that told me I should embrace it. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be sure to take some advice from Renzo. Yeah, <laughs> take some advice from Renzo. It, it, may, it may help you go a long way. I still try to get some advice from him. Uh, hey, Mike, good luck this weekend, man. We really appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy watching your, your high school hoops highlights almost as much as I do your NFL highlights, man. No doubt. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Good All luck, right. brother. I like him, man. Oh, yeah, he's dope. Uh, I said the same thing about Henry Ruggs uh, in terms of their high school basketball highlights, but Kasiki oh, could ball now. Yeah, Ruggs, Ruggs is like crazy though. He has stupid bounce yeah. to be that size. Like he was, like you knew he was fast because he how explosive he was. That's true. I mean, Kasiki's six five, so yeah. he's expected he's to be able to dunk. But he's he's yeah, doing three sixties and stuff. Um, you you, know f- you want to know who the most athletic players I've ever seen in my life? Who the McCown brothers? Josh McCown. Josh McCown goes crazy. Legit on the basketball player. I knew he played, but like he goes has some bounce. crazy. Legit. Him and his brother, both dunk, both yeah. legit dunkers. Luke wow. and Josh, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Josh McCown underrated. Dude, that guy was coaching high school football in North Carolina. Was he done like five right years ago. No, I know he still is, but he's carved out another five years and probably like thirty, forty million dollars. No, he's actually. I want to. I don't know if he's still on the practice squad of the Eagles. But yeah, he is. He he's practice squad, but he lives in Texas, and so he's, he's the emergency. You know, he's he emergency guy. Does he all knows the meetings he, yeah. via Zoom, and it's That's a great crazy. deal. That's crazy. I mean, I wish I could get something like that, but I'm here with you. So let's go. You've been done forever, man. All right, uh, time for the picks. I'm going to intro this properly. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that after week seven, we were tied at 27 and 14. Last week, we had a little Sunday night floater game. We both went with Philadelphia. We picked seven games week eight. MJD got big. He went six and one. The only game he missed were was the Rams in Miami. I went four and three. 
I picked San Francisco to upset Seattle. That was not smart. I picked Baltimore over Pittsburgh and the Rams. So for the season, MJD 33 and 15. I'm 31 and 17. But, but that doesn't tell the whole story, Dan. It, it, we, you have to talk about the comeback, right? After week one, you were talking trash. I think I went three and three. And then the next week, I went three and three again. You were winning. And I told you, it's going to take me to about week four to figure out the season, who's going to do what. And then guess what? You know, you might call me Mr. Leo because I'm over here predicting the future. You, you know what happened? You know what happened? A couple of weeks ago, I made fun of MJD for just being short. No. And he got mad. No, he got mad. Now he started taking it seriously. All right, you ready for pick six? I'm ready for it. Here we go. First game, Seattle, 6-1. and one. At Buffalo, 6-2. and two. Seattle had eight starters on the inactive list last week. Jamal Adams coming back. Carlos Dunlap's going to play. The Bills are just the third team, I believe, in NFL history to start 6-2 and two with a negative point differential. I think the Bills are a good football team. I don't think they're as good as their record. I think Seattle is going to go into Buffalo. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. I have Seattle in this one, 35-30. Yeah, yeah. So anytime I get to teams that are like head-in-head, I always go with the better quarterback in that situation. My only concern is for the Bills is that they can throw the ball. And we know the Seattle Seahawks have no pass rush, even though Carlos Dunlap is there. And they really are just horrible in the back end right now for some reason. So that concerns me. But they got Russell Wilson. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. All right, I like it. I think the defense is going to be better. So all right, we're both going Seattle there. Bubar, can you uh, can you write these picks down for us? I sure can. I, I do a very poor job of I that. I can so, and I will. Thank you. All right, so we're both going uh, Seattle. Chicago 5-3 and three at Tennessee 5-2. and two. Titans cut Vic Beasley. They're yeah. paying him almost $10 bucks, and they say, you're, you're gone, dude. Not performing. They waived Jonathan Joseph. They traded for Desmond King. Um, listen, they lose to the Steelers. They barely beat Cincinnati. The defense has no, been they, an they issue. They lost to Cincinnati. I, I'm sorry. They, they've lost to the Steelers barely, and then they lose to Cincinnati. That right. is a bad loss for them. The defense has been an issue. A big issue. A, a third down defense is terrible. Red zone defense is terrible. Um, they, they're not getting to the quarterback. Uh, Javon Clowney, I don't think, has a sack. He, but he's not a, he's not I know a pass he's not a sacker, but he doesn't no. even have a pressure. So they need to get better on the defensive end of the ball. I think they will. And I think they're going to pound the Chicago defense with Derrick Henry. Chicago's been average against the run this year. Uh, I'm rolling with the Titans 28-20. See, this is, this is a tough one for me. There's some tough games. And I, I'm nervous because uh, because of that defense for the Titans. So this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Bears on this one. Just I just believe that Allen Robinson is a problem. I believe that regardless if the, the, the Bears don't run the ball at all or if they do run it, it doesn't matter. That defense is just been atrocious and Tennessee's Tennessee's and I think the matchup with the Bears offense versus Tennessee's defense is completely different than the Bears defense which has been solid I mean they've been pretty good they they don't stop the run as well but they can get to the quarterback and it's a a good matchup Uh, I just think the Bears and they need to win right now they're what they're uh, they're what Three game streak right now, losing streak. I want to say they're they, five and three. I believe they've lost two in a row. Bubar, you can double two in check a row. That yeah, it's, it's, it's something like I know they lost to the Rams and they lost obviously to the Saints. I don't know. Uh, they might have beat the Bucks the week before that. But anyways, they've been in some close games. I think the Bears bounce back on this one, so we'll split that one. All right, so you're going Bears over the Titans. Yeah, I'm going Bears oh, over the Titans. I love that. All right, Matt, write that down. Detroit three and four. Minnesota two and five. Uh, the Vikings allowing more than thirty points. Per game, that's the fourth most in the NFL and the most in franchise history. Um, 
I'm just, I've simply said, I, Dalvin Cook blew up last week. I, I'm not sold on Minnesota at this point. I think Detroit's playing better. I'm also not sold on, on Matt Patricia there in Detroit. I, I just think Detroit is a better football team right now than Without Minnesota. Without Galladay? Yeah, I, I, I still, I'm, I'm just not, here's the problem. As much as I want to root for Kirk Cousins because I like him as a human being, I just haven't seen what I need to see from him to keep this offense moving. Dalvin Cook's not going to do that two weeks in a row. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. <laughs> That's it. I, I, listen, Dalvin Cook is the 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 key to that engine. He yeah, is sure. the, he's the one that starts that thing up to that car, right? And with him back there, it's going to make it easier for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. The secondary is not nearly as good as the Packers. Um, I think Justin Jefferson has a big game. I think Adam Thielen may have a big game as well. Uh, as long as they can run the ball, they'll be fine. And then going to Green Bay and win, regardless of how it pans out, they won. And that's confidence rolling through. I think they go into Detroit and give them, give them, uh, give them hell. I love that we have different picks this week. Uh, I'm going Detroit 27-24. All right, Giants taking on Washington. The Giants have beaten Washington four straight times. Daniel Jones, as we talked about uh, endlessly in the beginning of this podcast, 36 giveaways since 2019, the most in the NFL. And you like um, him. You think I, he's, he's going to be okay. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. Um, here's the deal. You, you, talk about you, quarter, you talk about quarterbacks. Let's just say this game in terms of quarterbacks is a wash. I'm going with a stronger defense. I think Washington has a legitimate defense. I think they're going to get to Daniel Jones. I think they're going to force turnovers. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game as the NFC East has been all season long. I, I'm going to go Washington and win by yeah, three. I, I think Washington has a chance to win this division, which is crazy. Um, but I, I believe in Washington. I think their defense is crazy. Um, they're going to cause turnovers. Um, and at the end of the day, Antonio Gibson's playing better. I think that that win against the Cowboys, even though it was against the Cowboys, gave them a little confidence that we can play better. Uh, and at the end of the day, who's going to stop uh, Scary Terry? Um, Terry McLaurin, baby. Yeah, he's he's playing well right now. So I think um, I'm gonna go with Washington. I think they're the more most complete, the the more complete team. All right, so we agree to agree on Washington. Uh, and the Giants. That game is in Landover. I can't Maryland. go with a quarterback that has thirty six turnovers. I just can't. Like, I, I, it's, I, it's, listen, it doesn't allow me to do that. I, I don't you, think that's good. There's there's a limit on Daniel Jones' talk. You've hit the limit. Okay, you don't like the guy. I don't. Las Vegas. I don't like turnovers at the Chargers. Raiders coming in at four and three. Chargers at two and five. Uh, Derek Carr has been fantastic. Josh Jacobs finally got going last week. Thirty one carries, one hundred twenty no yards against Cleveland. It was what it was, the, the it was like thirty five forty mile an hour ones. Did you yeah. see the kicks oh, before like, the game? Oh, it yeah. was. Unbelievable. And they're over here trying to kick field goals. You better go for it on fourth down. Impossible. I was like boomerang shots. Like a ball that was going to split the uprights would miss by like yeah. 30 feet. Um, Chargers are one in five since uh, Justin Herbert became the starting quarterback. They're balling, but listen man. to this, though. Herbert has had the lead going into the second half against uh, Mahomes, Brady, and... And Breeze, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, four, and and uh, Drew Locke, I want to say. Well, I know, but I'm not putting Drew Locke in the category. I'm just saying that's three really great quarterbacks. He's had the lead going in the second half against Drew, Drew Locke. Might not be the starting quarterback there next year. No, Drew Locke will be. And Drew Locke beat him in Denver. So they have a problem. They have a lead. They have a problem when they have a lead. Yeah, clearly. I, They've blown 16-point leads I, four weeks in a row. I believe in this game, you just give me the give me Vegas. I'm riding with Vegas in this one. And it, and it comes down to this. As good as, and, and it comes down to what we've seen multiple times with Herbert, if they don't stay aggressive with him throughout the whole game, 
he he tends to like dial it back a little bit. Their play calling dials back a little bit, and he doesn't play well. You start getting three and outs. I, I think the Raiders are starting to hit their stride. I do too. I, and I think they're starting to figure out, okay, we can win games multiple ways. Our defense is starting to kind of feel things going. Um, it's going to be a tough t- game, but I, I believe in in Derek Carr and the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Raiders. I love the fact they got that run game going last week. To your point, they didn't really have a choice because it was so windy. They had to run the ball. They didn't throw it a ton. I think the Chargers are much better than their 2-5 oh, yeah. record. And at some point, they're going to win a few ball games. It just might be too late. As much as I like Anthony Lynn, it may be over, you huh? can't be 3-13 and 13 or whatever they are in one score ball game since last year and keep your job. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. They're, they're probably going to be a... a Maybe a seven-win team, probably a six-win team this year. He 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 can't hang around. Yeah, you you got to win games. They have, they they have a problem closing out games. They yeah, need to call uh, what, who was a closer for the Yankees, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, they need to call here. They need to call him and, and get him out there. Man. Yeah, get him cue out the, there. Cue the, cue the jam. I love it. So we're both picking the Raiders here. I'm going thirty twenty four. The score there. All right, Miami at Arizona. We talked to Mike Kosicki. Um, It's the number one total offense in Arizona against the number one scoring defense. Miles Gaskin not being there, I don't think is going to be a huge deal for them. Although, he, he, I mean, he has a ton of touches. Matt Breed is there. Um, don't forget about Howard. I feel like Tua is going to feel that much more comfortable going into this game. The Dolphins' defense is going to limit D-Hop. I think they have some really good corners in Miami. Obviously, the, the defense has been playing well. So you're taking the Dolphins? I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins 24-21. <laughs> okay. Why do you have to where, snicker? Where are they, where are they Why playing? do you have to snicker They're every time I make Arizona, a pick? Right? Yeah, they are. Come on, <laughs> come on. Oh man, I hope come I on, beat family. the brakes off of you this yeah, week. You have the opportunity to, but it doesn't look like it. If you're taking, look, I get it. We had our guest on, and I hope he does well because for fantasy purposes, I need that. The problem is this: the the Arizona Cardinals defense is really good, and that offense for the uh, Dolphins had 145 yards and a victory because the defense scored and special teams scored. You can't count on that every week. So with that being said, if they don't find an offense quickly, which is going to be tough to do against this Arizona defense, it's, it could get ugly. And I don't care who you put on DeAndre Hopkins, unless it's Jalen Ramsey, he gets off on everybody. Like he does his thing against everyone. It doesn't matter who it is. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals because one, they have a running quarterback, which puts stress on the defense. And this defense can't get pressure without going zero blitz or stunts, right? They don't have a guy that can win one-on-one. Emmanuel Ogba had a big sack, but it was off of a blitz. That tells me if you blitz Kyler Murray, he's going to he's gonna just pick you apart. So I'll go with the Cardinals in this one. Big, I mean, little? You think it'll be a close game? No. Okay. I don't. I mean, when I, they may win by 10. Wow. 14, maybe. Wow. This is a good week because this is going to be a make or break it week for me. I'm not afraid to swing for the fences. MJD keeps it a little closer to the best. Well, I'm saying you're picking the Lions. You're picking. You got some. You got some. Hey, you're. Ooh, you're going for it. It's with no Galladay. With, with no Galladay, you're no taking. Galladay. You're taking. And I and I believe in DeAndre Swift. They don't want to get the ball to, but. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out how Matt Patricia still has a job, but we, that's for another show. I know. Another time. We, we, we went on so many tangents in this podcast. Hopefully you can follow it. Hopefully you liked it. We'll be here next week uh, with Matthew Bubar. Our, how uh, many turnovers does Daniel Jones have again? Hey, stop uh, it. He's got 36 turnovers uh, since 2019. Okay. That's the most in the NFL. I just want to make sure. Not Dwayne a Giants Haskins, fan. Though, probably not too far behind. Not a Giants well, fan that's going to want to listen. He hasn't played in that many you games. You guys can stop talking. Less it's, games. it's the end. Eight less games. How many turnovers do you have? Too many. Okay. It's the end. So that's fine. I just want to make sure that we 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 
tell the truth in this podcast and that turnovers are not good. I agree. Okay. But we're going to be back. No turnover here. Thanks no. for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>